This is Maurice Jones-Drew, and you're listening to the What's Brewing Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for West Coast Bias. The show brought to you all the way from the best coast. It's the West Coast Bias, that is. Aw, yeah. Welcome to another episode of West Coast Bias. This is Jamal Artis. I'm a co-host. Um, this is going to be a solo show because I couldn't get together with Jake um, because I was covering uh, another LAFC game last night. More on that later. Of course, West Coast Bias is a part of the What's Brewing Network, along with all our other great shows here on West Coast Bias. It's Jake and I, and we talk about all things LA sports. Yes, mostly Lakers, Dodgers, and of course, as I mentioned, uh, soccer, uh, Jake's favorite. So um, I'm going to get right into it. Um, I went on Sunday uh, to the last game of the regular season for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I took my son with me. Um, they beat the uh, Utah Jazz um, in a game that was probably closer than it should have been. Um, but they did win, so they solidified the seventh spot, uh, meaning that they would host a playing game. Of course, there was some iffy moments there, and it was out of their control because uh, uh, other games were going on at the time. Um, there was a chance there that if they won, but the Clippers lost to the uh, depleted Phoenix Suns team on that day, they would have played the Clippers in the playing game um, as the eighth seed. Um, whereas the Clippers would have been the seventh seed. Um, uh, There was anywhere where they could have even dropped a loss and a bunch of uh, wins going against them. They could have dropped as far low as ninth, I believe, hosting uh, a playing game. But um, instead of playing the Memphis Grizzlies as a seventh seed, they would have ended up playing the Denver Nuggets. So that's what happened. Um, Who their opponent was going to be on that day was a little iffy, too. Um, because there was a bunch of games going on. Like I said, the Pelicans could have been their opponent. Um, they were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. I forget what, I forget who else was involved in that scenario. Um, but essentially, um, on Sunday, what played out was the Lakers won. They beat the Utah Jazz. The Timberwolves won, beating the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, and they got the eighth seed. So that set up a playing game. But before we get into the playing game, I didn't want to talk about uh, being at Crypto.com for um, the Lakers on that last game. It was fun. It was a great atmosphere, um, certainly for the last game of the season. Um, it's been four years since the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis and paired him with LeBron James. In that time, because of COVID and other things, I think I've only been to three, might have been four Laker games. This was being the fourth. I saw them early in their run in 2020, then COVID COVID hit. And after that, Jake and I went to the, I believe, the first regular season game that uh, people were allowed to go to in 2021, or at least it was the banner-raising game where they raised the banner and commemorated the uh, the 2020 NBA championship game. No LeBron, no Anthony Davis. I went to a game last year in 2022, the debacle of 2022, and I believe it was no, might have been no LeBron and Anthony Davis, I believe, that that was the situation. And of course, going back to 2017, when they signed LeBron James, um, I believe, I only, I think I saw him play 
in 2018 in his first season with the Lakers. So I guess what my point is being, this was quite <laughs> quite a game for me, being able to finally see LeBron and Anthony Davis on the court again after not seeing them play together in person since uh, the 2020 season, their first season right before COVID hit and just changed everything. Um, <clears throat> so in that game, th- th- the Jazz sat four starters so essentially, this is the same Jazz team that had taken the Lakers to overtime in Utah during that during the week before, um, and in the game, the Lakers, other than LeBron, looked pretty mediocre. On the offensive side, they they played well enough. They scored 121 points. No, excuse me, 128 points. Um, the final margin, I believe, is only like nine uh, against this depleted Utah team. Um, LeBron James came out, um, scorching hot he hit eight three pointers in that game, even hit one from the logo. But in terms of the team overall and the reason, and we'll, I'll get to the reason why I'm going over this game so thoroughly was, you know, they shot 40% from three, they hit 18 threes. They're okay from, they hit, they got 21 free throw attempts, shot 76% from there, 49 rebounds. Lakers had 28 assists. They only had 11 turnovers, and I'll get to, again, why. That's 11. But here's where the real problem was. Points in the paint for the Lakers, 50. Points in the paint for the Jazz, 76. Now, remember, I told you guys, they they played a depleted roster. Well, not necessarily depleted, but just, you know, they weren't, they weren't playing guys that were supposed to be starting. Um... <clears throat> Uh, you know, this is a team that got eliminated in the week. They had nothing to play for. And seemingly, they torched the Lakers, especially coming out of the second half. They scored 39 points in the third quarter, only 22 in the fourth quarter, um, and that's how the Lakers were able to get away. But it seemed at times like the Lakers were not going to beat this team, even though the Lakers at one point had a 14-point lead. I think that was all the way in the first quarter. And the biggest lead that Utah had was only three. So, you know... It just—it was just frustrating. Uh, Kelly Olynyk was lighting them up. He was three for four from three-point range, uh, nine to thirteen. Uh, Chris Dunn uh, played forty minutes in that game, twenty-six points, most of them in the paint. That I remember, he also had ten rebounds as a guard. You know, compared to Olynyk, only had five. There's a guy Font- Fontecchio, uh who seemed to always hit a three, even though he was only four of eleven, but he seemingly always hit a three. Went open. He had 20 points. You know, just guys that, you know, these these weren't the guys that at the beginning of the season the Jazz were relying on. And that's for a lot of reasons. Like I said, they ended up tanking the season. Um, you know, obviously they traded uh, D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt to the Lakers. Or was that Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo was with the Timberwolves? Well, I forget. But anyway... It was that kind of situation, right? And then just the Lakers just seemingly... they. The defensive effort wasn't that great. Um, Even though Utah only hit 28 from three, a lot of the threes they shot were wide open. So you could just tell the the three-point defense and the interior defense were just terrible. And it was very frustrating. And a lot of people were uh, already saying with the seventh seed and them hosting a play-in against the Timberwolves that the Lakers were going to move on and and they were going to play the Grizzlies. Now, not every nobody said it was a blowout, but most people were pretty confident that was going to happen. One of the reasons they were pretty confident was because the Timberwolves had a terrible Sunday. 
<laughs> despite winning their game and getting themselves into the eighth seed. Uh, their starting uh, center, Rudy Gobert, uh, punched uh, Kyle Anderson uh, during a timeout, was forced to leave in the middle of the game. This isn't even like at the end of the game. This is forced to leave in the middle of the game, like around the second quarter. The team sent him home, basically. They said, that's enough out of you. And they ended up having to suspend him for the playing game. And then also, um, Jada McDaniels, uh, one of their young um, forwards, was so frustrated with, I believe this must have been right at halftime, or one of the, one of the situations. I don't know if it was related to uh, to the Gobert punch, but he was frustrated, and he decided to punch a wall, fracturing his hand. So there you go. Um, Gobert was out for the playing game. Uh, his backup had, had already been injured, so he was out, and then they lose Jada McDaniels. So there's three guys that they rely on. Uh, the Timberwolves um, facing the Lakers in the play-in game last night, Tuesday night, at Crypto.com Arena. <clears throat> so, I said that it was a trap. It, f- it felt like a trap game. You got key people missing from Minnesota. This is also a, a team the Lakers had just beaten in Minnesota. Um, I'm looking for it in March. Um, pretty uh, pretty well uh, played game, yeah. 123-111 on March 31st. A mostly intact team back then. And it just felt like it was too perfect for them. Here you go, they finally, they clinched 7th. By the way, they clinched the 7th seed after finishing, after starting the season 2-10, and 10, which um, some uh, models said they only had like a 3% chance no, sorry, 0.3% chance of making the postseason, and they did. Uh, they have had the best record since the All-Star break, I believe, at least in the Western Conference, 18-9. and nine. Best record since the trade deadline. You know, that's when they got guys like uh, Rui Hachimura, uh, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and, uh, and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Kudos to them for, you know, the stretch that they went on just to, uh, just to get to the postseason. And it seemed like the situation was perfect for them. A depleted Minnesota Timberwolves team. Uh, they're at home, healthy. Nobody had been off. Nobody was off the roster. I believe um, Dennis uh, for that Sunday game, the finale. Dennis uh, Sh- uh, Schroeder had to miss the game um, because of a nagging injury. So you know they were fully healthy for this this game. And in my opinion, they should have won, and they should have, not handily, but they should have just won, you know, five-point game, uh, you know, seven-point game, or something like when they beat Minnesota in Minnesota. So what happens? Of course, and the Lakers get off to a terrible start, um, you know, they can't hit anything uh, against Minnesota for the game, they ended up only hitting 10 of 31 threes, um, uh, you know, 38 of 92 on the floor, 41%. It's the postseason, so not expected to have a high percentage um, from the floor. But it, it was just a debacle. D'Angelo Russell had two freaking points, didn't hit a single uh, three-pointer. Um, you know, let's just go down the list of the other guys that they picked up. Malik Beasley, only 14 minutes, uh, one of two from three. Um, Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves has been Mr. Reliable lately. He was one of five from three-point land, uh, four thirteen from the floor, only twelve points. Jared Vanderbilt, twenty-two minutes, a big fat zero, and a negative twelve. Jared Vanderbilt's supposed to be the guy, supposed to be guarding um, the best player on the floor, 
and he was negative 12. And, uh, you know, the turnover situation, 20 turnovers for both teams. But, uh, you know, if you're watching last, if you remember last night's game, it was not fun, um, uh, especially uh, in crunch time when the Lakers probably should have put the game away in regular regulation um, uh, and didn't because they kept turning the ball over and missing their shots. So, um, yes, very difficult game for them. Shouldn't have been as difficult. Kudos for them. I mean, they only gave up 12 points in the f- in the f- fourth quarter, which is they needed that because, you know, at, at various times, I think the largest lead for the game was 15 for Minnesota um, at, uh, at one point. And I think the Lakers never even got more than five points ahead, I believe, and that was in over. It wasn't until overtime. So yeah, the Lakers won 108, 102. Sorry, I forgot to mention that in overtime. Um, again, I mean, it, it's just so frustrating as a fan because you know you got guys on TV like Kendrick Perkins saying that the Lakers are going to make the the finals, and I've watched all their games, even though, and I've watched their games since they've made all these big changes. I'm flabbergasted why anybody would pick the Lakers to make it to the NBA Finals. And I don't think he was being an unserious person. Uh, I think he just honestly thinks that just because of, I don't know, must be the purple and gold that's um, sort of distracted him because this team is so flawed sometimes, even with all the the positive changes that they've made. You know, they've gotten shooters. um, They've gotten a perimeter defender in Jared Vanderbilt who's done a good job against some really tough opponents um, in other games. But, you know, what I saw against the Utah Jazz, and again, it was the second time they played the Jazz in the week. And it was just it was just not fun watching. I mean, 76 points in the paint is just, that's terrible. That's just not something that's supposed to happen um, when you have a defender like um, Anthony Davis, when you have... Um, players of the caliber of uh, defensive players of the caliber of Vanderbilt so let's just go over the stats last night I mean the Lakers were much better in the paint only 36 points this time um, against the Timberwolves uh, allowing for the Timberwolves 54 from the Lakers so they took advantage I mean no Rudy Gobert so you're kind of going at um, calling Anthony Town um, and they were able to do that um, but uh, in terms of turnovers I told you it was 21 for the Lakers 24 for the uh, for the Timberwolves, the difference being that the Timberwolves scored 30 points off turnovers. The Lakers only scored 19 points off turnovers. If you reverse that, the Lakers are winning this in regulation time. You know, the the Timberwolves had 13 steals, 30 assists, so they were moving the ball around. I mean, they were great from three-point land for a while there. They were 16 to 41, 39%, but it seemed like everything was dropping. And sometimes the problem was that the Lakers would come back and then... Um, the Timberwolves would hit a three, and then it would go from a three-point deficit all of a sudden back to, like, uh, double digits pretty rapidly. Um, you know, uh, kudos, I guess, yeah, I, I guess I should hand out some kudos. Kudos to uh, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Dennis Schroeder has been maligned most of the season, um, especially when the things got rough for the Lakers, um, where he was pretty much the second unit um, primary ball handler even when Russell Westbrook was on the team. Um, and a lot of times people blamed um, Dennis Schroeder for poor defense. You know, sometimes he would get attacked and uh, in terms of uh, on the floor. And um, and I do well defensively. He hasn't been the best three-point shooter, but he does do pretty well, I think, more than what people expected. Um, 
Uh, let's see, I'm trying to find his regular season stat. Yeah, 32.9, a little under his 33.7 for his career. But at times he did hit some opportune threes during the season. In this game, um, he went 3 for 4 uh, and a perfect 8 for 8 from uh, the free throw line. Um, kudos to him, especially um, where it looked like he had the magic moment. Um, magic, um, what would you call it? Magic uh, highlight um, of the game when he hit a three-pointer with one second left in regulation to put the Lakers up by three. I mean, it's one of those where you would, you know, they were going to put that in the compilation list for biggest three-pointers in um, in Laker uh, uh, playoff history. Problem is, uh, on the next position, and this is one of the things where I wonder, are the Lakers even good when they do things like this? On the very next position... Uh, Minnesota's trying to tie the game. Uh, their only option is, uh, 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 ended up being a three. Again, somebody lost, um, Mike Conley, who had a pretty decent game. Um, you know, 23 points, 7 11 from floor, 6 8 from three point land, and a perfect from the, the stripe, three for three. Um, somebody loses him. And he ends up uh, sort of wide open, but like uh, I looked at the highlight again. He was kind of at a bad angle um, shooting it on the sideline. And Anthony Davis contests it. All he really had to do was put his hand up. Um, I don't think the ball was going. Actually, the ball didn't go in. All he had to do was throw his hand up. But Anthony Davis, um, not paying attention, um, runs into... uh, um, Conley afterwards, which I also thought was kind of a BS ticky-tacky foul because the shot got off. He didn't interfere uh, with the shot, but his body went into Conley after the shot went off, and they called a foul. So uh, Conley was forced to tie the game with 0.1 seconds on the clock. Um, and, of course, no timeouts from the Timberwolves. Uh, uh, and, uh, he stepped up and hit all three sending, uh, all three free throws, sending the game into overtime. Um, luckily for Anthony Davis, um, because he would have probably never lived it down. Um, the Lakers did prevail in overtime. Uh, Rui Hachimura hit a, a three pointer to start it off and the Lakers never, um, uh, the Lakers never were in any trouble, um, in, uh, in overtime, after he hit the three, um, actually, they never even lost the lead. They were up by five and then uh, remained up by five, and then it came down to free throws there at the end. Um, although there were some bad turnovers there with the Lakers only up by three a couple times there in uh, in uh, in uh, overtime, but luckily, um, who was it, Prince, uh, uh, Tari and Prince missed a three-pointer there. Um, and that's what I was talking about in terms of the turnovers, uh, the Lakers had 21. It seemingly looked like LeBron was always making the wrong play there at the end. And part of it was probably fatigue. If uh, if you watch the game or the highlights, you'll see there's a couple times players on both sides had their hands on their knees. And not surprisingly, LeBron James led the team in minutes with 45. Anthony Davis had 43. So not surprised there. Um, it was just a tough game um, and tougher than it should have been. So we move on. The Lakers beat the Timberwolves in the playing game. Um, the Lakers are now 2-0 and in the playing game, which is another point of contention with me. If you told me that after they won the championship game uh, in 2020 that they would be in play-in positions their next couple of playoff opportunities, um, I would have said you were nuts. 
And uh turns out I am the nut because uh, that's what's happened. And I think that falls in the front office. It's not spoken about enough. I saw a lot of people praising Rob Palinka for, especially like the LA Times wrote an article about him able to re-energize his team, rework the team on the fly and get them into a position that nobody thought they would be in. You know, having the seventh seed, being above 500 at the end of the season, like I said, when you start two and ten yeah but at the same time they were two and ten because of the roster he constructed uh, last year and this year and the trades that he made primarily the uh the russell westbrook trade that really um sort of gutted the team and uh, obviously made it worse than they were even after losing in the postseason against the suns in 2021 but you know what he did uh he was able to rework it Still a flawed roster, but it's worked out for him. So, um, first game is Sunday. The Lakers are the seventh seed. They're going to go up against the Memphis Grizzlies. Remember, their games against the Grizzlies, I believe, um, was that that was the one where uh, there was a home game where they came back and sort of started the Grizzlies on kind of a downward spiral. Um, (laughs) And it looked like the Lakers were going to start turning things around for themselves. Um, and that was a game where, uh, a local sports, not local sportscaster, but, uh, Shannon Sharp, who's on Fox, uh, uh, sports one in the morning with, um, Skip Bayless, uh, doing their, their morning sports show. Um, he ended up trying to fight all of the Memphis Grizzlies and, um, John Moran's dad, who looks like Usher at the game. <laughs> yeah, this was back in January. Um, and so then, uh, um, even after that, the Lakers have beaten Memphis. Um, the last time they played them was in, in March and let me see, I'm trying to find it. I know this is great, great podcast. Um, I thought they beat them in March. Am I wrong? No, sorry. It was the end of February. They lost to them. 121, um, 109. Um, uh, no, I was right. They did beat them a week later. 112, 103. And that was, I believe, was that the end of... Oh, here we go. Regular season series. Yeah, the Lakers went 2-1 and one against them. They didn't play them until January. And then they played them once each month. January 20th, February 28th, March 7th. Um, I'm just going to check that last game. I just want to see if... Um, who was there? I know LeBron was... Ah, uh, yeah. So this was in the, the new car smell phase. Um, where you got uh, Beasley, uh, Vanderbilt. Actually, there's no... Um, D'Angelo Russell in the game looks like he was probably injured, and of course no LeBron. This is when LeBron was was hurting, and um, Anthony Davis had thirty points, twenty two rebounds, um, two block shots, and uh, guys like uh, Dennis Schroeder stepped up big in that game, seventeen points, um, not great shooting, um, but the defense was great. Um, I don't think there was any John Morant. Yeah, no John Morant. That was when he was in his weird um, suspended phase. Um, so. Uh, I don't know how it's going to be, to be honest with you, with this team. Like I said, they haven't, they haven't played each other since March. No, no LeBron in that game. No John Morant. No, uh, Beasley in that game. Um, I'm trying to find, I guess the last time that Morant played would have been in February. Um, but again, there's no LeBron in that game. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell where this team is, uh, where this team is going to be. Um, versus, um, yeah, D'Angelo Russell that hasn't even faced the Grizzlies as a Laker. Um, so it's kind of difficult to tell where this team, where these two teams are 
in terms of how they're 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 matching up against each other. I know the Grizzlies the Grizzlies finished their season. Um they beat up on a Milwaukee team that was a big win, but they were kind of limping into the postseason themselves. They were solidly in the number two spot. Um not very many big wins. Um gee, just looking at it. The only other postseason team that they beat, I'm gonna say in their last ten games were the well well I guess Milwaukee that was they beat them on the seventh. Um but the last team other than that was the Clippers back on March twenty ninth. They beat the Clippers sorry, March thirty first. Uh they beat the Clippers um one oh eight ninety four. So um they have their own issues. Of course they lost uh who's their biggest guy, Steven Adams for the season he's injured he won't be a part of their postseason um <clears throat> but it'll be interesting to see what they come out with in terms of um obviously the lakers need to focus on john morant uh, he's their leader he's their best player um but guys like jaron jackson uh who's a, a young power forward um can certainly hurt them dylan brooks um he's the guy who's going to try to get under their skin he's doesn't play that great and from what i can tell uh, some of his stat lines but sort of is an agitator yeah only nine points nine nine um nine points average against the lakers uh uh, th- uh three uh 30 percent from three point for uh 24 percent from the floor yeah dylan brooks didn't do jack crap against the lakers except talk a lot of mess a lot of mess from that guy but uh jaron jackson against the lakers 18 points um uh, you know, 48 from the floor, big guy, um, pretty good against the Lakers. Um, even in his last 10 games against the Lakers, he shot 22.8. Um, uh, he's scored 22.8 against them. Um, let me see. I'm trying to see who else. Oh, yeah, Desmond Bain. He's their other front court guy. Uh, pretty decent against the Lakers this year, 13 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists, almost 5 assists a game. Um, you know, not not the best, uh, not the best three-point shooting team which uh, helps the Lakers because, as I said, um, they had difficulty in, when it came to uh, to defending the three. Um, only 35% for for the, the Grizzlies. Uh, the, one guy that could be a factor in that is Luke Kennard. He was uh, traded from the Clippers. He played 35 games for the Clippers um, and ended up being traded during the trade deadline. He shot 54% from three-point land. Um, as a uh, as a Memphis Grizzly, so that's that's pretty darn good. That's somebody you got to defend. Um, but we'll see. I don't know how much uh, you know. And against the Lakers this year, he, uh, he totaled nine points, but he shot forty seven percent from the three point land. Um, so it'll be interesting. He kind of got a little hot here towards the end in that big Milwaukee win uh, on Friday the seventh. He scored nineteen points. Um, you know, twenty points against Portland. Um, in his previous game uh, against his old team, the Clippers, that game I mentioned that they beat him. He scored 17 points, hit 50% of his three-pointers. So um, he might be one of those X-Factor guys that comes off the bench and can really hurt you if you're not uh, if you're not careful. Um, so we'll see uh, how they do. Um, my prediction, I, I hate that because if I say uh, they win, then they don't. It's like, well, you know, I was a homer if, if, uh, if I say they weren't going to win then I'm a hater it's like but 
I don't know. I don't feel like this is the. I don't feel like the Lakers match up well against the Grizzlies. For one thing, they're younger. They got fresher legs. Um, you know, the Lakers played an overtime game in the playing game. They played an overtime game uh, last week against the Jazz. You know, they've had a lot of these games come down to the wire lately. They haven't had a lot of games um, that have been easy for them where guys have been able to get rest like LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, <clears throat> but then again, sometimes that helps. If you're staring uh, elimination in the face all the time when faced with a tough situation in the postseason, because things do get tighter in the postseason. Sometimes the refs uh, swallow their whistle. If uh, if you have been faced with those kind of games uh, at the end of the regular season, sometimes when it comes to the postseason, you can really start to... Um, the teams who have faced that, they start to... Uh, to be able to weather those tough postseason games. And remember, this uh, this is a Grizzlies team that's pretty young. Um, last year, I do believe they won their um, their their, uh, their postseason game, uh, their first postseason series, but then they ran into the, the Warriors, who eventually won the NBA championship, um, and then um, were eliminated. Um, and a lot of people were counting on them to be really good this year. They have been at times. At times, they've been... Um, not so great. Um, um, part of that has been sort of their, I guess, their young attitude, or I don't know what you would call it, but, you know, there's the whole John Morant situation where he was suspended for a few games because he was flashing his gun uh, at people on IG. No, sorry, they lost in the first round against the Warriors last year. They didn't even make it out of the first round um, despite being uh, number two in the conference last year. Um, no, that doesn't make sense. Um, sorry. Consider this more great. Yeah, they lost in the first round to, uh, no, excuse me. They beat Minnesota in the first round, which was a tougher series. They probably should have done a better job against Minnesota. Um, you know, they went up 2-1 and then lost a close one. They had two close games to close them out. And then they couldn't beat, uh, Golden State and kind of fell apart in that first game that I recall, uh, against Golden State. Um, and it sort of showed how they were young and this year they were supposed to be better and they were great this year. I mean, like I said, they did get the number two seed again, um, won their division again. Um, they were only two games away from the one seed, but, um, there was that rough stretch there, uh, after January, um, in January where they, uh, they start off the, the, the month with, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven game win streak. And then all of a sudden it's a five game losing streak. And they and then they win a game close against a, a, a bad Indiana Pacers team. Then they go another three straight losses. Um, so what's that? So it's eight out of the next nine. And it was just tough. A tough January five and five, only five and two, five and two at home, but 0 and three on the road. Um, losing to a lot of teams that they probably should have beaten. Um, losing to the better teams in the NBA. <clears throat> and uh and so yes yeah, so it was a rough stretch and and then there was a whole john moran suspension he was like i said he there was um stories of him um uh, uh he apparently f he was suspended for two games after he flashed his gun at a strip club on instagram live one against the uh, uh one against the clippers and one against the lakers oh, i don't know about that but anyway, but yeah, there was a whole situation where basically they sent him home. They weren't sure if he was going to finish the season. Um, <clears throat> and uh, 
you know, they suspended him and he was investigated by the NBA. You know, they've lost Stephen Adams um, due to injury. Um, it, it, anyway, it, you know, there was the fight with the, with the, with the, um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, they lost Brandon Clark, uh, to an Achilles injury. Um, there was a fight, like I said, at the Laker game where it seemed like the whole team wanted to fight Shannon Sharp. Um, uh, you know, the whole Dylan Brooks, uh, agitator kind of situation. It, it's been one thing after another. They've kind of taken on this sort of like Pistons bad boy persona, and it hasn't reflected well on them in terms of their record at times. And so um, I don't know what kind of team the Lakers are facing, but I do think it's a very t- difficult matchup. Um, one, because they're young. The legs are going to be um, better off, like I said, than the Lakers. Um, they can really get around. They can disrupt things um, as as Minnesota did, as Utah did. Um, when the Lakers are turning the ball over or they're disinterested on offense, it can be very difficult for them to uh, put teams away. So, um, yeah, the Lakers won the season series, but the neither team seemingly was ever healthy completely for any of their games and or, you know, John Morant not being there um, because of his suspension. It, it'll be interesting um, to see how that series goes. I'll say this. If the Lakers win... <clears throat> I don't think it'll be a quick series. Um, but you can convince me if everybody is playing better than they did these this last week, um, maybe this playing game scared them. The Lakers could pull off a, you know, a five game upset, I think winning the series four one. Um, but you need some things to happen. You need Anthony Davis to be bubble Anthony Davis. And I'm kind of tired of saying that a lot of people were saying, well, he did, had a good game 20 and four. I think it was 24 and 10 against Minnesota. He has to be better. He has to have like a 35 point game. Now, some of that might have to do with what the other players on offense are doing, but he needs to get fed more. He needs to talk to his team. They need to recognize it, or maybe the coaching staff needs to recognize it, because sometimes I wonder if the coaching staff is not recognizing what they can do with him in terms of uh, when they have better matchups, just pick and roll teams to death. And I think they kind of did that last night where they were just feeding it. Carl Anthony Towns was in foul trouble most of the night, so whenever he sat down, they sort of went to Anthony Davis. Well, the Grizz don't have the same kind of size that the Minnesota Timberwolves had last night in terms of having somebody like Carl Anthony Town, or certainly when they've played Carl Anthony Town and Rudy Gobert at the same time. Um, <clears throat> so, and I don't, and none of their bigs are the kind that kind of take the player away in terms of um, uh, perimeter defense. Carl uh, Anthony Town is one of those weird centers that likes to play at the three-point line versus getting his butt down below and using his size and his skill to score. Um, hence why um, Prime Minnesota lost last night because he could have easily done a better job himself. So, um, but more than likely, this is a Grizzlies win, probably in six or seven games. But it could be like last year's first round matchup for the Grizzlies, where, like I said, they um, they they went up two one, but then had some close games where they could have easily been down to the Minnesota Timberwolves and possibly been upset. Um, but I don't think that happens this year. They're a little older. Um, no, obviously they're a year older, I should say, than last year. A little bit more, uh, a year experience. They know what it's like to 
have a tough first round matchup and win. Um, more than likely, this team is going to take care of the Lakers right away. And then it's, you know, the question is, well, should the Lake? What should the Lakers do? You know, the big question is, should they give money to uh, to AR fifteen Austin Reeves? I say yes. Uh, don't don't pull another dumb move where you get like you lose Caruso to free agency. Um, I think. Just just pay Austin Reeves. And certainly I, I don't have a problem sort of bringing this team back in some form of another um, fully intact. Um, because of salary cap constraints, you might have to work some of the margins. But there are guys like, you know, Lonnie Walker the fourth that they're not going to bring back, guys like that, where, um, where I think they do need. When the Lakers have been dynamic this year, it's with the current iteration. It's uh, D'Angelo Russell... Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, um, Austin Reeves, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, that rotation of guys, I think that's a good foundation, those six. And then you just work the margins, you figure it out. But we'll see, you know, salary constraints being what they are. Um, some people will probably say Dan Schroeder deserves to be back. I don't know. It, it, you can replace You can replace his production with somebody younger. Um, but he certainly is one of the favorites of uh, West Coast bias for sure. Um, and last night um, sort of, you know, reiterated um, just how important he's been at times for the Lakers. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how the series goes. I think it's Memphis in six. But if the Lakers were to just come out and blow the doors off Memphis, uh, I could see it happening. Um, and it would be cl- And it would be a five-game series. Um, I don't know if the Lakers could win this one in six or seven because it's just a lot. You're asking a lot. And then what happens in the next round, I don't know. I, if the Lakers somehow beat Memphis, I don't think they're – I think it'll be their one round because I just don't think they have the legs to uh, to uh, get to a final like Kendrick Perkins said. That's just, that's just silly. Uh, on the um, So that's that for the Lakers. On the other end of um, uh, of uh, Crypto.com Arena News – um, both the Clippers and the LA Kings are also in the postseason. That hasn't happened since 2012-2013 that happened. Um, we're all three Crypto.com Arena, um, back then Staples Center um, teams uh, made the postseason. Um, the Clippers will play, and forgive me if I get this wrong, but I'm going to go off the top of my head because I don't pay attention to the Clippers that much. Um, Clippers get Golden State the defending champions, I believe. Um, the Clippers are the six, six, uh, seed. Um, no, excuse me. The Warriors get the Sacramento Kings. The Clippers are the fifth seed and they end up getting the Phoenix Suns. Um, so, uh, that, that's also a little bit of trivia. All four California teams for the first time since 19, 86, I believe, when the Sacramento Kings moved from Kansas City um, to California. All four California teams are in the postseason, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Kings. And, you know, uh, two of those teams are playing each other, Golden State and Sacramento. Uh, the Clippers are playing the Suns. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to get boat raced by the Suns, unless, now hear me out, unless um, uh, Kevin Durant just isn't healthy. Uh, he's been in and out of the lineup ever since he got traded. The Suns have not vaulted to the top of the Western Conference, although they have looked good when they've played. Um, they're big guys. Um, but again, the Clippers had a tough time against the Suns on Sunday to clinch, clinch their postseason berth. 
um, seeding anyway. Um, they had a tough time against them on Sunday, even though the fact that DeAndre Ayton, uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant set out that, the season finale, um, and the Clippers barely won, I think, by four or something like that. Let me just look real quick. Uh, Sunday scores. Yeah, the Clippers won by five, 119-114. So, um, and that was in Phoenix. So I my prediction for that series, I think that'll be a... Uh, a six-game series. Uh, the Clippers still don't have Paul George. Um, they they can't be a fully healthy Suns team with um, without Paul George. I think. I really don't think that's going to happen. It would be a big upset for me. Yeah, George was officially out and doubtful for the game. Is um, Marcus Morris uh, senior? Um, the Suns do have Cameron Payne and Kevin Durant on their doubtful list, but I have a feeling like Kevin Durant's going to going to play in that game um i wish it would show me um i'm just looking at the espn here their matchup predictor um they're actually giving the the clippers a chance to win their the first game i guess they're considering the fact that durant might uh, sit that one out but it's a 50 50 basically it's a push um yeah the only game that i can tell you that they played each other was this past sunday and obviously i told you what happened there um Oh, here we go. Regular season series. Yeah, the Suns went to, well, it was a two and two situation. But like I said, on Sunday, they didn't play their top players. And, um, you know, it's been a while since they played each other fully healthy. And certainly the last time the Suns played the Clippers, other than Sunday, they didn't even have Kevin Durant because it was before the trade deadline. So you can never tell with how that situation is going to go. But I do believe if I look up. Last time the Suns played a fully healthy uh, lineup, yeah, Kevin Durant was in that lineup. It was on against the Western Conference leading Nuggets on uh, April 6th. So this was just uh, last week. Um, Kevin Durant was in that game, and they won 119-115. I think that was a pretty good game, actually. Yeah, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker were all there. Um, Booker having the worst of the, of the games, uh, probably only three of 12 from the field. Um, Chris Paul, 25 points. Durant was pretty good. Nine of 18 from the field, six of 10 from a uh, three point land, um, 29.7 rebounds and four assists. That was the last time the four of them played together. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, how that series goes. I predict uh, probably Phoenix in six games. A lot of the, the West is just so close that I don't see how anyone's getting really swept. Um, it's not going to be like the East. I, you know, Boston's probably going to boat race Atlanta. I mean, it's not even funny what they're going to do to them. Um, Philly might have a tough time against this New York Brooklyn. Kudos to them. The New York Brooklyn team get, ridding themselves of... Uh, of Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, and uh, and sort of staying good with all their young players, not needing Ben Simmons to do anything. Well, frankly, he doesn't do anything when he's there anyway. And somehow they still made the postseason um, as a as a six seed, I believe, uh, against the Seventy Sixers. They probably won't win that game, but it's probably gonna be a tough tough time against uh, against the uh, against the Brooklyn there. 
And I don't see Milwaukee losing to the eighth seed and probably probably should sweep, or if not, it's a five-game series. The East just a little bit more top-heavy, in my opinion. Denver probably, I guess in this next playing game, which is tonight, I'm going to say OKC. I'm going to say OKC beats uh, Nolens and OKC would, OKC will be playing Minnesota. Um, I'm going to say that that that's an upset. OKC beats New Orleans, um, ends up playing Minnesota for the A seed. I think Minnesota survives. I think Minnesota's good enough to be the A seed, but I don't think they're going to beat, uh, they're not beating, uh, Denver. I think, uh, Denver will take care of them pretty well, uh, in hand. I think that could be another five game series. I think they're good enough for that. Um, so yeah, that's the other LA team, um, in terms of basketball, in terms of hockey, um, I'll tell you right now, their season isn't over yet. The Kings won on Monday, three, nothing. Their season finale is tomorrow, Thursday against the Ducks. Yuck, the Ducks. Ducks only had 58 points, um, this whole season. Uh, the Kings are 102 points. They clinched a playoff spot, but, um, the issue is where they will fall terms of the conference now remember in the nhl it's not one through eight it's very different um because uh they have wild card system so basically the top three teams in each division are guaranteed a postseason spot in which um uh, obviously and then the next two best teams in terms of re- and points wise on the record get um the wild card spots so right now the kings are two points ahead of the kraken but don't have the season series um, but they've all played the same amount of games. So the Kings can finish either third or have that first wild card spot. Now here's why that's important. Kings finish third, then they face, um, the Edmonton Oilers team they played last year in the first round. Of course, they lost in seven games to the Oilers. That's a tough matchup. You know, the more likely the, the regular season MVP, the Hart Trophy winner, Connor McDavid, uh, who's became the first player since, I believe, Mario Lemieux to sc- score 60 goals this season. And then on the other side, you got uh, uh, his teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, who um, he just torched the Kings last year in the postseason. He's got, uh, let me see how many points. He, he has 125 points. Uh, McDavid, 152 points. Uh, Dreisaitl has 51 goals himself. Um, so there's two players with 50 goals on the same team. Um, and there's three players with over 100 points on the team. So um, a little scary there when talking about firepower, but the Kings have improved in terms of defensively and in goaltending since um, since their trade deadline moves. Um, I just want to check uh, one other... Th- oh, there we go, goaltending, I was going to say. Um, they're not very intimidating in terms of goaltending, but you never know if uh, the offense doesn't get going for the Kings, then it might not matter who's in goal. But anyway, so that might be a, a, a matchup um, for them. <clears throat> now, again, if they lose and the Kraken catch them <clears throat> with a win, <clears throat> then the Kings are eighth. And that's going to be tough for the Kings because that means they play the Golden Knights, a team they just lost to um, uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, no, on Thursday, this past Thursday, just, they just lost to the Knights 5-2, and it wasn't even close, I believe it was 4 nothing in the first period, um, before the King, and then 5 nothing, and the Kings got a couple goals, and then that was it, but yeah, Edmonton beat the Kings uh, two times in the last, um, they beat them last Tuesday, and they also beat them uh, at the end of March, um, basically Edmonton outscored them 
five to one, shut them out in the first matchup at, there at the end of March. It was a tough stretch there for the Kings. Um, they had lost their last three. They lost to Colorado, the Knights, and Edmonton. Um, those are all three teams that are ahead of them in the in the conference and ahead of uh, and all postseason teams before they won against Vancouver, who's not in the postseason. And, uh, and of course they play the Ducks tomorrow who are not in the postseason. So, um, unfortunately the other problem is it's been injuries. Their big, uh, free, uh, trade acquisition from the post, uh, from the preseason, um, uh, Kevin Fiala has been hurt. Um, he hurt his knee a few games back, um, and he has not played recently. I don't know if that's management. It happened, they've been holding them, they've been holding them out since they clinched. So I'm hoping that that's why, and they just decided. Listen, we're not going to win the division. We're um, either going to face Edmonton if we finish second or third. It doesn't matter. Let's just get in. Um, they had some injury injured players come back against Vancouver. Mickey Anderson, defenseman, um, and I believe um, hold that thought. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, um, sorry, Arthur Kaliev. Uh, also came back from injury, um, and so he, uh, so, um, the Lakers, uh, sorry, the Kings, um, have, you know, tried to get healthy again here, so going into the postseason, they, they could win in seven games, they could lose in seven games, it really just depends on who, who is their best goaltender in the series, I think, um, and certainly both, um, Jonas Corpusalo. Uh, who they acquired in the trade deadline, and Phoenix Copley, who they literally picked off um, from their minor league team and thrust them into a starting role because uh, the alternatives of uh, Jonathan Quick um, and um, I forget the other guy um, who's down in the AHL uh, were so bad that it, had they not made a change, I don't think the Kings would have made the postseason. So they made the trade. They've gotten themselves into postseason second time in a row. First time they've done that, going back to their Stanley Cup winning days, but they still haven't won a postseason series since they won the Stanley Cup in 2014. Uh, it's going to be tough. Um, whether they play Vegas, who's just better than them, I think, or Edmonton, who the Kings played well um, during the season, but um, uh, sort of never really uh, were able to f fully look their best against them, I think. It'll be interesting. Yeah, the Kings beat them twice, and then the Oilers beat them twice. But, you know, the two Oilers games were more recent, and it was after the trade deadlines when everybody had uh, improved their roster. So we'll see. So, yeah, I think that's enough for me. I've ranted and raved uh, enough about uh, the Kings and the Lakers and a little bit about the Clippers. Um, oh, yeah, I, I was saying um, why I missed this week with Jake was because I was covering uh, LAFC. Uh, as I have all season, they're in the semifinals of their Champions League. So uh, you know, this is the second time they made the semifinal in a many tries. They've only been in this tournament twice. Um, they don't know who they're playing yet, but they've looked so strong. Um, they won the home and away matches aggregate six nothing. Um, certainly better team. They beat Vancouver Whitecaps, also of MLS, but they were the Canadian champions. Um, I won't go into too much or else Jake probably won't um, publish this. Uh, um, but as, essentially, is they're undefeated in regular season play. They've looked like one of the better teams here in their Continental Cup tournament. 
Um, they look much better than last year. And remember, folks, last year they were the best team in the regular season and in the postseason winning the MLS Cup and Supporter Shield. Um, they've got this player who's um, who's born in France but is um, has Gabonese heritage. That's a former French Republic in um, West Africa, and that's who he represents internationally. Um, his name is Denis Bowanga, and he's turned into a superstar. Uh, he leads this Champions League tournament in goals with five. He already had he had a hat trick in one game in this tournament, and he had a hat trick on Saturday um, in the um, in their last MLS um, uh, MLS um, regular season game against Austin FC, the team that they beat in the Western Conference last year to get to the MLS Cup. Um, so they're looking really good. Uh, more than likely, I'm going to be covering some pretty important games coming up, starting with the semifinal. They could. Be, be playing a team from Mexico, Atlas, that plays in, in um, Guadalajara, um, or, and, and they just were um, uh, Mexican champions uh, two, um, two years running, um, or two tournaments running, as they call it in, in Mexican um, league tournament. Basically, they won the Winter League and the Spring League in one season back in 2021, or might have been 2022. Uh, no, 2021. Um, 2021 going into 2022, I believe. Or they could play f- the Philadelphia Union, another MLS team. Of course, they beat Philadelphia Union in the MLS Cup, a thrilling MLS Cup game last year. So uh, a lot of potential there for um, LAFC to collect another trophy early in the season. Um, this competition is always early in spring, um, while domestic leagues are going on um but that's the thing domestic leagues are going on and these teams are having to deal with these congested uh um schedules so we'll see we'll see how they do but so far so good in terms of how strong they look in both the league and um in this competition so okay that time that was enough for me there's plenty more um stuff we can talk about the mlb regular season has started the dodgers are up and down the angels are down and up (laughs) seemingly um, but, uh, we'll get to that later as, you know, the big spring postseason games, uh, uh, finish off. Um, will there be, a, a ban- another banner going up this time in, in crypto.com arena? Will it, will somehow the Lakers pull out a miracle postseason run? Will the Kings overcome all their sort of injuries here at the end and, look as strong as they did a month ago when they were looking like they might clinch first in the conference and pull off some upsets over maybe the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights and maybe make a run for the Stanley Cup. Who knows? Or will the Clippers? Will the Clippers finally fulfill the promise uh, that they seemingly had after all their big uh, moves in the summer of 2019? Uh, Will Paul George be healthy enough to contribute? Will Kawhi Leonard um be healthy enough to contribute you know the the both of those guys haven't played a postseason uh, game together since um the bubble when they blew a 3-1 lead over the denver nuggets um uh, depriving everybody of a la lakers la clippers western conference final matchup in uh, in orlando so we'll see a uh, lot to consider and of course we appreciate you guys listening to us here on West Coast Bias. Again, part of the What's Brewing Network. Um, we talk about LA sports here on the What's Brewing Symposium. We're just gentlemen. Um, 
discussing UCLA sports um, and also um, enjoying a good libation every once in a while. And, of course, there's the B team that pops up every once in a while. Um, they give you all the great analysis about UCLA sports. Um, go ahead and listen to them. And, of course, we have the bare minimum. That's Jake and his daughter, um, Megan, uh, talking about her freshman year, uh, which is almost over up at uh, my alma mater, the University of California. There's only one. Uh, the University of California, of course, located in Berkeley. It's not University of California, Berkeley. Um, so, yeah, all great podcasts, part of one great network. And, of course, from my part, hopefully um, I'll be able to get together with Jake um, in order for the both of us to talk about all the things happening, especially when it comes to Lakers. And maybe he, I might finally get to go to a Laker postseason game. It's the one I haven't ticked off, folks. Every L.A. team has had a postseason game. I'm pretty sure I've gone to every L.A. team postseason game. I've even gone down to see the Ducks play in a postseason game just because I love postseason hockey. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I get to go to a Lakers postseason game now that we're guaranteed at least a series uh, this year. So, from me uh, and this great um, podcast, West Coast Bias, as we always say here, we're the West Coast. We're the best coast. We are West Coast Bias. Dude, bro, we place a ball on the West Coast. West Coast Bias.